to my fellow freedom sovereign thinkers. Thank you for tuning in to L3 Podcast. My name is Craig, transmitting from the beautiful realm of the planet Earth. Today's date is Monday, March 14th, 2022. This is episode 1512, entitled, Are You Ready for a Digital Dictatorship? And Deion Sanders was vaccinated. Before I proceed, you can listen to me on Speaker, Our Heart Radio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Castbox, Deezer, Podcast, Attic, Podchaser, JL Sobman, Anchor, Breaker, Podbean, Reason, Radio Public, and Stitcher. Hit that like button and share it everywhere. Plus, I'm on multiple social media sites. Just type in Loki Luck number three or three eyes, which is Roman number three. In addition, you can find me on Telegram. Just look up Loki Luck Roman number three podcast. If you want to donate, go to paypal.me or cash.app forward slash Loki Luck number three. Hmm, yes, indeed. I know I've just been loafing around. I could take care of a few personal things. So, um, thank you for your patience. I'm gonna try. I'm still gonna work on getting go back and other resubscribe my other uh, podcast networks. So um, be please be patient. And um, it's just a lot of stuff is happening left and right. And of course, it's still focusing on Ukraine and gas prices. And it's like one big ripple effect, you know. And uh, print money out of thin air. They want to blame it on one particular group and. Once someone from the press asked uh, Jen Psaki, you gonna be everything on Russia for what's going on now? <laughs> she just got that look like she like, how dare you say that? Well, we all know she's nothing more than a globalist hack anyway. Try to, you know, act stupid, but um, that never it's like bizarre world, and I know I repeat that term so many times, but that's how it is. Yeah, even daylight savings time is the blues. I was a little patient myself, so I rested up a little bit more. And, you know, get a little bit adjusted, so it was better than before. I remember in the past when I used to work during that time, boom, go right through. You had another show right after that in the same venue. You're like, good grief, so that three-hour rest, you got two hours. So, <laughs> so a lot of us were getting a bit groggy for the next event. But fortunately, it was a more of a lot of production. I just get a big chuckle on that, you know, so we all have to laugh about it later on, but we survived. And, um, yeah, so hopefully everyone's out there prepping up the best they can. Don't listen to the hype, the hoopla, and don't just focus on the face value. Examine everything, the fine print, like always sits out before. Please observe responsibly. Don't get caught up in the her-conformed rhetoric. People still on... These social media sites are still doing it out there, you know? Good grief. You got another person to scapegoat. Yes, all him. Everyone but me. <laughs> oh, good man. So, um, I said, just keep everything basic. Don't let luxuries be your necessities. I know spring break's happening around areas of the States and in Mexico. Folks, have to be safe. Don't take things for granted because you never know. All right, well, without further ado, I'm going to be uh, reading a couple articles here. And this one came from the Exo, Expo, Expose, the UK site. And hey, they do need um, support. 16 days remain to save the Expose. So they, they do it on crypto, by the way. So if you're going to be awesome or subscribe. Here's what it says here. This is by Patricia Harity. Are you ready for the digital dictatorship? Those who control the data control the future, and the control of the data might enable 
human elites to do something even more radical than build digital dictatorships. Last week on the 10th of March, the government announced in a press release new legislation set to make digital identities more trustworthy and secure, which attempts to insensitize the use of digital identities through its perceived convenience, stating it is used, its use will reduce the time, effort, and expense that sharing physical documents can. Cited in the response of Heather Wheeler, MP, Parliamentary Secretary for the, to the Cabinet House, states that the government is delivering a number of ambitious and interlinked policy initiatives to prepare the UK for the digital world. Yeah! I love Big Brother and Big Sister. I want them to tell me what can I do, I can't do, who can see, I can see, who to make love and not, etc. Of course, the Orwellian fetish has just accelerated. Right? So, as it says here, digital identity solutions can be accessed in a number of ways, such as via phone app. Well, website can be used in person or online to verify a person's identity. It will be for people and businesses to decide what digital identity technology works. For them to prove that identity, they should they choose to create a digital identity at all. For example, if a person wants to prove that they are eight, over 18 to buy age-restricted products, they could create a digital identity with a trusted organization by sharing personal information, such as their name and date of birth. The digital identity can be used to prove for, to a retailer they are over 18 without need to reveal their birth, the personal information used to create a digital identity. Boosting users' privacy, unlike physical documents, may disclose the date of birth, name, and address. The ODIA will have the power to issue an easily recognized trust mark to certify digital identity organizations to prove they meet the security and private standards needed to handle people's data in a safe and consistent way. The ODIA will ensure trusted marked organizations adhere to the highest standards of security and privacy. Digital identity can also help tackle fraud, which hit record highs with an estimate 5 million cases in the year ending September 2021 by reducing the amount of personal data shared online and making it harder for fraudsters to obtain and use stolen identities. <laughs> remember, remember if all you folks out there on my, heard me on Spreaker, I, I did a show on the Kobe Pass that was um, based out of England. Very similar conditioning, a next round of technocracy. And the funny thing about that, I posted that show on my Instagram account, and even the company, a person representing Kovi Pass, told me I had to get my facts straight. It had nothing to do with centralization, but the opposite. Talk about projection. <laughs> I couldn't get mad. I just cracked up. All you gotta do is read, read, read the, read their uh, mission. Is very self-explanatory. You don't need a lawyer or a technocrat, a techno, a techno, technical expert to figure that one out. Got to look at, especially the video presentation. All that is very similar. But some people, I got offended or struck a nerve. So I've done something right. I'll continue on here. 
government attends to bring forward the necessary legislation when parliamentary time allows to establish a robust security accreditation and certification process and trademarks so organizations can clearly prove they are meeting the highest security and privacy standards needed to use digital identities. A create, a create a legal gateway allow trusted organizations to carry out verification checks and against official data held by public bodies to help validate a person's identity, confirm the legal validity of digital form of identification are equal to physical forms of identification such as physical passports. It is committed to ensure digital identities are not compulsory and people will still be able to use paper documentations. Yeah, in due time, in due time. Okay, that's one step, then they'll do it again. Very similar when the United States passed the Social Security Act. It was um, after the United States was, quote, bankrupt, and the Federal Reserve had a great solution. And it's interesting about that because at that time it was voluntary, then they conditioned us along the way, it's mandatory. Ain't that beautiful? God bless the multinational corporations. I gotta take a dump right now. All right, so we'll continue on here. Although nations worldwide have been preparing for this digital world for at least the last two years, it has been under the guise of a deadly virus, so clearly there's nothing trustworthy about the legislation at all. Today, deterrent and global masses have shown they are willing to give up their civil liberties and freedom. They are willing to be locked down, masked up, and compliant with all the proportionate measures, rules, and restrictions imposed on them without question. Yet, they were not told that this was never about a virus, and the vaccine passports were never about public health. Same crap, different package. Absolutely. The main reason was, in fact, to prepare for the orchestrator's master plan, setting up a permanent digital infrastructure for a digital, central digital identity to track, manipulate, and control the world's population. Not compulsory. Data Minister Julia Lopez states in the press release that the new decision is committed to ensuring digital identities are not compulsory and people will be able to use available paper documentation. What this will mean, will mean, however, it is not compulsory if you don't mind being able to go on holidays, buy shopping, attend events, etc. An early example of requiring digital identity was reported in the Daily Express yesterday in an article titled Payment Warning. Shoppers may have their credit and debit cards declined from Monday. According to the Express, credit and debit cards may be declined from Monday, for, uh, March 14th of March. New changes coming into force will see cards declined as someone can't prove their identity, and retailers will be making additional checks before people can purchase items or take money from their cards. Without the identification check to prove the transaction is genuine, the, car the card payment may be declined. Central banks, digital currency. The Financial Times also reported that central banks are releasing, are realizing central bank digital currencies will have to be intimately linked to, identi to identity to deal with illicit finance and bank dis disintermediation risk due to status reports this week from Goldman Sachs, Econ um, Research Division, headed by John. 
ah, Halcyus on central banking current central bank digital currency. As I read here, central banks have been cautious to avoid the, the two key risks that CBDCs could pose to avoid this intermediating banks by depriving them of their deposit base. Central banks have imposed caps on balances, paid no interest on CBDC, or considered imposing a penalty interest rate on holding above some threshold. To avoid facilitating illicit activity, central banks have um, mostly decided against fully anonymous accounts or craft anonymous transactions have tasked commercial banks intermediaries with monitoring customer and customers and transactions how nice right so i'll continue on here the ft advises us to consider the wider picture what cbdc research and experimentation appear to be showing that is that it will be a nigh on impossible to issue such currencies outside of a comprehensive national digital ID management system. This means that CBDCs will likely be tied to personal accounts that include personal data, credit history, and other forms of relevant information. As the following table summaries, this is why most central banks are designing their CBDCs to be, to be account based or ID verified and of course there's a lot of things on here on a few things on here about one dismantling banks by absorbing customer deposits and two uh, risk facilitating illicit activity via anonymous transactions that do not require large amounts of cash so they want to make try to make a more excuses to have a cashless society right if we cannot access our money without digital ID how is it then not compulsory the world economic form of course the plan is for each and every person on the planet to have digital IDs and the implementation of this have been planned and promoted by the world economic forum for years as part of the United Nations 2030 sustainable development goals but by now we know that there's nothing trustworthy about legislation that has been backed by the WEF and there's a plot for that you can look at for yourself a digital identity is not simply a means of identification which refers to documents that prove who you say who you say you are your identity is who you actually are and as the founder of the wef Claude Schwab says himself nothing is a fundamental to human beings as identity our identity is literally who we are a combination of personal history innate and learned beliefs and behaviors and a bundle of cultural, family, national team, gender, or other identities, says Schwab. The importance of data, while there are many people that will, that will still equate digital IDs as uh, giving much of the same information as we have always given away, but a digital identity will be able to keep a permanent record of our choices and behaviors 24 seven. It can also be designed to use against us, of course, the UK's ID 2020 fields, which is equal to the Gates Foundation, including biometrics, bank account, digital currency, health history, birth control status. I'll do biometrics, temperature, heart rate, facial recognition, of course, 
criminal history, suspected criminal activity, mental health assessment, family, social connections, lifestyle and social choices, ethnicity, and DNA. Hooray, right? Absolutely. You know how some of these people have so much fun here. Additionally, data has been used just to been distributed in the hands of corporations, but data, data gets to the hands of the wrong people. For example, a tiny elite who may come to control not just the future of human societies, but in shape and life forms in the future, according to Professor Yuval Noah Harari, who has been uh, who has a PhD in history from the University of Oxford and now lectures at the Hebrew University of Jerusalem, specializing in world history. Those who control the data control the future. Those who control the data control the future, not just of humanity, but life of life itself because the data is the most important asset in the world according to Har Harari speaking at the WEF meeting in 2018 in ancient times land was the most important asset and 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 if too much land become became concentrated into a few hands humanity split into aristocrats and commoners then in the modern age in the last in the last few centuries machinery replaced land as the most important asset and if too many machines came became concentrated into I mean in too few hands humanity splits into classes into capitalists and um, proletarius argues hurrah so you mean state capitalists right not open free market but statism he predicts that now data is replacing machinery as the most important asset and if too much of the data becomes concentrated into a few hands, humanity will not split into classes, it will split into different species. Hacking people, we've reached the, we've reached the point when we, we can hack not just computers, we can hack human beings and other organisms. Back in 2018, Harari, um, Harari said, but there's a lot of talk these days about hacking computers, email accounts, and bank accounts, and mobile phones, but actually, we're gaining the ability to hack human beings. To, to be able to hack human beings, you need a lot of computing power, and you need a lot of data, especially biometric data. This is not usual data about what we buy or where we go. This is the data about what is happening in our bodies and brains. Two simultaneous revolutions, which are the advances in the computer science, especially the rise of machine learning and AI, and giving us the necessary computing power, and also advances in biology, and especially in brain science, are giving us the necessary biological understanding of the future. Robbie believes that organisms are algorithms that will be able to tell a person where they are on their gay straight spectrum, and even how malleable this position is, Basically, the algorithm tracks your eye movement, your blood pressure, your brain activity, and tell us who you are. Also, as you watch videos or check into social media, the algorithm will be monitoring your eye movements, blood pressure, and brain activity. You will not be able to hide from Amazon, Alibaba, or the secret police. The algorithms will be able to predict desires and manipulate emotions and make decisions on our behalf. Digital, a digital dictatorship. If we are not careful, the outcome might, the outcome might be the rise of digital dictatorship. Says Harari, the information and power can be concentrated in one place, 
uh, technological revolutions of AI and machine learning using centralized data processing are more efficient than democratic nations distribute data processing. If democratic societies cannot adapt, then humans will come to live under the rule of digital dictatorships by allowing the implementation of digital identities. Are we not potentially opening the door for this? And it is a legitimate question, and I have to agree. This is very dangerous what the British Parliament is doing, being comforting the te technocrats that want to rule the world. England's a great start, then it'll spread like fire. It's happening everywhere right now as we speak, but on a legislative basis, anyone that supports this needs to be crucified in Great Britain. And the, and the folks out there need to call them out immediately. Scrap it. But I know one thing for sure too, Every gadget has an Achilles heel. Expect stuff to be super, um, super proof. Their way of me counterfeiting identity, that's gonna burn them. So, this is how I look at it. Very disturbing indeed. And everyone out there, doesn't matter where you're at, need to pay attention. COVID-19 was a 24 excuse for everything. So was 9-11. What's gonna be next? possible false flag attack to bring us to the floor. Don't be surprised if that's the case. Well, I'll be right back, so stay tuned. Alright. I'm going to do one more here. And it was pretty long, but hey, it's good to know on these things. This one came from the covidblog.com, which the mainstream social media sites don't want you to know. They'll try to fact check you with their bonehead hacks with their Palmolive hands and rather hear from the federal government or some bureaucratic hack tell them what's right or wrong. Well, this one here is um, Deion Sanders, Jackson State University football coach, was vaccinated for quite a long time by August, develops three Femoral blood clots had two toes amputated. And what that says here Deion Primetime Sanders is without question the greatest NFL defensive back of all time. He was a two time consensus All American cornerback uh, at University, Florida State University in 87 88. He was selected fifth overall in 1989 NFL draft by the Atlanta Falcons. Mr. Sanders was originally drafted in the sixth round of the Major League Baseball draft in 1985 by the Kansas City Royals, but never signed with the team. The New York Yankees drafted him in the 30th round in 1988 and signed him into a contract. Mr. Sanders, 54, is the only man in history to play both Super Bowl and World Series, in the World Series. He's also the only man to score a touchdown and hit a Major League Baseball home run the same week. True sport phenomenon Bo Jackson never even did that. Mr. Sanders was good at baseball, particularly stealing bases, but he was also so great as an NFL cornerback. Opposing quarterback, uh, quarterbacks typically avoided throwing to his side on the field altogether. Mr. Sanders was also a, pro a prolific kick and punt returner. He also played for 13 seasons in ML MLB and 14 seasons in the NFL. The guy wasn't part of the show, he was the show. 
Mr. Sanders was inducted in both Pro Hall of Fame and College Football Hall of Fame in 2011. His next challenge is in life was coaching his two sons in high school. And he became a head coach at Jackson State University in 2020 during the so-called pandemic. Both his sons, Shador and Sh um, Sh Shiloh Sanders, are key contributors on the Jackson State team. Facts, zealotry, run amok. Coach Prime, as he called by media and his players, got off a slow start due to so-called COVID-19. Jackson State's 2020 season was delayed until the spring of 2021. It was also shortened just seven games. The team went four and three. Mr. Uh, Bernie San Mr. Sanders, I can't say Bernie, watch that tongue, right? <laughs> Mr. Sanders felt that the only thing preventing him from becoming a great coach on the same level that he was a player with COVID-19. He um, brought into all the injection hysteria hook, line, and sinker, which is a shame. Mr. Sanders told the Arkansas Democrat in July that freedom of choice is real as it relates to the injections. He said quite a few of his players had already received the shots. Mr. Sanders also offered his strange advice regarding the MNRA, a viral vector DNA injections. I just want the kids to be truly understanding of what's at hand. I just want them to approach the vaccine like they approach their sex life. Print that, read between those lines. Okay. <laughs> Good grief. In that same article, Southwest Southwestern Athletic Conference Commissioner Charles McClelland said, get vaccinated because if you don't, you're not going to go through the season and somebody could take your spot. It could be a deterrent to the team. Coercion. Hopefully, Mr. McSelland can explain why a lot of people have died from the damn shots and people have been hospitalized, including uh, Deion Sanders. Mr. Sanders had a more direct and forceful tone a month later. He told the Clarion Ledger that he had been vaccinated for quite a long time. Mr. Sanders then said this, One thing about this vaccination, it preserves life. I want a chance to win the dominate. I want a chance to take this university and these young men and women to another level. How I'm going to do that if I'm not here. The article goes on to say that Jackson's state football team include all coaches, players, and staff are 100% vaccinated. Blood clots and toilet amputations. Mrs. Sanders reportedly had foot surgery in September, but then everything became a mystery from there. He missed the team's October 23rd game against Benthrio Cook, um, Cookman and the other and the October 30th game against Mississippi Valley State. It was reported at the time that he was battling a significant health issue. Mr. Sanders missed the third game on November 6th against Texas Southern before returning to the sideline the following week. He took on he took on the he took to Twitter on November 10th to talk about complications following my foot surgery. The full truth will not be revealed until months later when the episode five of Barstool Sports um, this Doc Usury's Coach Prime was released on March 8th. Mr. Sanders suffered from three femoral artery blood clots in his left leg. Of, co of course, vaccines are leading cause of coincidences, but Mr. Sanders immediately blamed a family history of blood clots. It's, similar, it's a similar line taken by the NFL defense and Vinnie Curry. He developed post-injection blood clots in August, forced him to miss the entire 2021 NFL season. Mr. Curry said his the situation was hereditary. 
Doctors ultimately cut Mr. Sanders' left leg open to drain fluid that was accumulating inside. The procedure saved his leg, but his big toe and second toe had to be amputated as a result. Mr. Sanders was shocked when he looked at his foot for the first post for the first time post-surgery. Blood clots are the one of the top two adverse reactions to the MNRA and the viral vector DNA injections, along with heart, inflama heart inflammation. Ms. Sanders is also now at least the fifth case of post-injection amputations. We've covered on his blog. He lost 35 pounds while in the hospital for those 23 days. Not one mainstream media outlet mentioned his vaccination status or those common adverse reactions. Denial of the fittest. What Coach Prime is, do is doing at Jackson State is nothing short of a spectacular in the world of college football. He led the school to his first 11-win season in his 111-year football history. Coach Prime also landed two very high-profile recruits to the program, something that hasn't happened at historically black colleges and universities, or HBCUs, since the 1980s. Mr. Sanders is also bringing millions of dollars to the city of Jackson because of his success. Unfortunately, his future is now completely uncertain. Mr. Sanders, a very close friend of FS1 commentator and fellow NFL Hall of Famer Shannon Sharp, he's also a vac zealot and completely programmed to promote and gush over the injection without even being propped. It's nauseating listening to this guy anymore. Deion Sanders is the reason this blogger became a wannabe football player in high school and sub sub subsequently as a sports reporter. Like Mr. Sharp on television, Mr. Sanders was a rebel who did things his way and was the best at what he did. Now both of these men are nothing but puppets for Big Pharma. These are two very strong personalities that are now unpaid Pfizer spokesmen. It shows how powerful this global psychology operation truly is. Mr. Sanders won't even entertain the obvious in that the injections likely cause a blood clot. His high-profile pal at FS1 won't and hasn't said anything about it either. The injections are still not affecting U.S. sports like they are international soccer. Mr. Sanders is by far the highest-profile athlete or coach likely a vax injury, with a likely vax injury. Perhaps a few more of these are necessary to open the eyes of the obscurus masses. Stay vigilant and protect your friends and loved ones. I watched some of that video about Sanders and um, it was, wow. See, he's uh, watching that, that clip on there and um, it is a shame. But a lot of these folks, they get swindled one way or the other like we all do. We have to learn from this. This is why I never follow the hype. I was in the, in the so-called jabs or vaccines, I call them jabs myself. I still under emergency use authorization. And there's no proof that these products are safe. Well, if you look at the COVID, uh, COVID open source, um, open VAERS data, a lot more cases. Right now, they say like over 25,000 people have died from it as of March 5th or 4th, something like run that time. Something to look at, folks.
don't fall for the hype. Remember, and always remember this, every infection has an Achilles heel. And there's actually no um, proof of any captive virus or purified COVID-19. None whatsoever. And folks out there still buying it, remember this, folks. Fear is the virus. And the mainstream garbage media spearheading it very well. And you got folks out there still buying it. And that's not good at all. Think for yourselves. Trust me. You'll thank me in the long, in, in long term. Well, that will be it. I thank everyone for listening. Plus, feel free to download and share this throughout your social media networks. If you have any questions, comments, and sense us interested in out, whatever you do, please, in the correspondence of the quorum. Furthermore, I'll leave the footnotes of these articles on my page. If you want to contact me, go to lookyluck03 on protemail.com. If you want to donate, go to paypal.me or cash.app forward slash lookyluck3. Support the COVID blog and the expose. They need our love and support one way or the other because, hey, if the truth don't come out, people still, more people will buy the deception. Once again, thank you for your time. Plus, always remember that the maniac resistance is healthy for the soul and can liberate humanity. Until next time, take care of yourselves. Keep on spreading the love. May your guardian spirits be with you.